The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday with Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. I want to know what the deal really is in terms of the difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated. I'm, look, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to know what the difference will be. When guys are close contacts, when guys test positive or not during the season, I want to know what it's going to be. Because when it happens, I want to be able to react to it. We are presented by DraftKings. Of course, it's a new week. It's my last preseason week. Man, they went fast Friday night. Jets and the Eagles looking forward to it. Really appreciate all of the awesome comments from you guys about Thursday night's game with the Patriots. I just posted a picture of my daughters who went to their first Eagles game ever on Thursday night on social media. If you want to check that out at Ross Tucker NFL, remember that's one of the ways you can win. I got all kinds of awesome press passes now for you guys. And if you want one, it's actually really easy to win. One of these awesome ones I'm showing you for those of you that check out youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL just spread the word via social media in any way. That means just engage. It's a like or a love, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, at Ross Tucker NFL. Quote tweets are probably the best, if I'm being honest. And then the sponsor confirmation email winner, whether it's PicksWise, whether it's Fantrax.com slash Ross or Keeps or Simply Safe, take advantage of any of our sponsors. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And you get a chance to win that way. And then, of course, I mentioned YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can be the YouTube shout-out winner very easily. Just subscribe and comment on any video. I see all the comments that come through. Love our new patrons, by the way. The season's getting here. People realize they can see all the press box food grades. They can get all of my picks each week. They can get all of our bets written down. On the even money thread at patreon.com slash RT Media. Yeah, you might want to get involved. Adam Sterling gets the shout out this week. Adam, welcome to the family, my friend. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are now joined by, I was going to say a rising star 
in the media, but I think he's kind of already there. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. And what I love about Tom is I remember Tom when I thought he was just one of the best beat writers out there. And now he's breaking news and he's all over NFL Network. Really cool to see someone just be so good at their job that they move up a rung. And you can, of course, check out Tom on social media at Tom Pelissero, P-E-L-I-S-S-E-R-O. Tom, what's up, man? Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, it's quite an introduction, Ross. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I would say, yes, calling me rising is probably wrong, but not because I've made it, simply because I turned 40 this year. And I think once you turn 40, you can't be rising really at anything at that point. So let's just say I, I've, I've, I've probably have risen about as, as, as much as you possibly can. Now just the expectations are I'm, I am where I am. <laughs> well, it's funny because – you know, like I do the Eagles preseason games. Nick Sirianni's 40. The, the D.C.'s 38. Like, I'm 42, man. So it's like, wow. Coaching-wise, yeah, coaches are still – technically, yeah, I guess my rising coaching candidate list every year is 45 or below. So I, I retract everything. You're right. I, I, I'm still rising. Let's go with that. No, but in, in all sincerity, Tom, for some people – so, like, you know, I follow it nationally. I did a show on Sirius for over 10 years. We would have you on a bunch back when you were – a a Vikings beat writer. So I've known you a long time. But for a lot of people that aren't Vikings fans, you like came out of nowhere, right? Like if you're not a Vikings fan, you just came out of nowhere. And now you're a, you're a dude. You're a guy everybody has to follow. You've got a ton of information. In fact, you, you, you've been on top of the COVID thing more than anybody else, which is why I got some questions for you about that later. But can you just kind of go over, Tom, your background for the people that, in their mind, you came out of nowhere? Well, sure. Uh, you know, my first job coming out of college was covering the Vikings in 2003. Uh, so, I mean, that's 18 years ago at this point. And that was uh, working for a local radio station, making eight bucks an hour, 20 hours a week. Uh, certainly working more than those uh, 20 hours a week. Uh, but kind of went from there, worked at a couple of newspapers, ended up at the Green Bay Press-Gazette, covered uh, the end of the Brett Favre era, started the Aaron Rodgers era there, uh, then came back to Minnesota, uh, worked a radio station there, a different radio station, uh, hosting uh, six days a week in addition to covering the Vikings. Then went to USA Today in, in 2013 uh, before coming to NFL Network about four years ago. So uh, kind of, you know, multiple platforms. I think that's probably indicative of how the media landscape has shifted. I'm still not getting paid actively to TikTok, but I assume that we're not far away from that uh, with the direction that things are going. So you got to be nimble. You got to be uh, willing to to move to wherever uh, wherever the uh, the work takes you. So where'd you go to school, by the way? Boston College. Oh, I didn't know that. Where are you from? Minnesota. Oh, so you're born and raised in Minnesota, but you went to Boston College. That's interesting. Needed to um, get away. You needed to get away after high school. Yeah, experienced something different. So had some good years at uh, BC. It would have been the end of the uh, Tim Hasselbeck to uh, Brian St. Pierre era of quarterbacks, <laughs> if that uh, kind of sets the scene for you. Willie Green uh, was uh, one of the star players at that point. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going to get get away somewhere, you couldn't go somewhere warm, dude. You had to go to like another cold climate. Well, I thought I wanted to be a finance major, and I got, they have a really good business school at BC, and that lasted uh, exactly one econ class. And then I tried to change my major immediately, realizing that that, uh, that was not going to work out for me. Not that I don't love math. Uh, I'm decent at it. 
I was not nearly good enough at uh, what they were going to ask me to do. So I uh, ended up coming over and doing this stuff instead. All right. What would you say, and maybe you don't even want to give it away, I don't know, but I distinctly remember, because I got in the media right after I retired in 08, and I think we remember thinking, this guy's good. Like, this guy is good. And even I remember also, like, Evan Silva on the Fantasy Feast podcast, he would always talk about you. Certain certain beat writers just kind of get reputations as really being on it, like really having good information what would you say is what is or was sort of your secret sauce to get to where you are now? Well, um, yeah, that's a bit of a loaded question because it's implying that I've gotten I've gotten somewhere. I think that I'm always kind of striving uh, to get, you know, to continue to, to grow and, and get better every day. And I think that that's probably if there is something and when I get, you know, all of, all of people reach out all the time via Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you know, kids who are going to college or they're in high school or starting out and just asking, you know, my advice. And usually my advice to them is, you know, first of all, like read a lot, write a lot, find your voice, because as you know, Russ, you know, when you start out, it's like, yeah, everybody wants to, to be in sports media. Like it's cool. Everybody, when you tell them what you do, they think, oh, that's a cool job. But it's like it's it's a lot of work and there's 10,000 other people who want to do the same thing that you do. And so you kind of have to figure out what makes you unique, what makes you uh, stand out. And so, you know, I, I think that it's really important uh, to experiment, to try doing different stuff, to identify people that you think are good in the media, not copy them. But, you know, the same way that a, a linebacker would watch other linebackers, you know, pick out little things from their game and figure out, can I apply it to mine? Uh, and that's a that's an ongoing process. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm 40 years old. This will be, you know, year 19 with a couple of little breaks in there covering the NFL. And I'm still doing that every day. I'm, I'm still trying to get better. I think that a lot of it is just, you know, being patient, continuing to work, knowing that every opportunity, whether it's coming on your podcast or going on the radio or doing an Instagram takeover or going on Clubhouse or any of the other things that they ask me to do now that I don't even really know what the platform is, but I'm like, yeah, I'll show up. You, you never know who's watching, who's listening. You know, if you're you know a young kid now, you're probably not going and, you know, working part-time for a radio station, you might be starting your own YouTube channel. And you might be doing that at age 14 instead of age 22. There's a lot of ways to get ahead, but there's, you know, again, 10,000 other people doing the same thing. And so, you know, I think that that's a huge part of it is just figuring out how are you going to stand out? Because for whatever innate ability I may have possessed, there were other people who probably were more talented and probably had, you know, more that they naturally brought to the table for me it was just you know working really hard and trying to establish connections ultimately you know breaking news is which is how more or less every opportunity that I've had through the years has come up I mean I, I got to the Green Bay Press Gazette because I was working at the Eau Claire Leader Telegram because I had people telling me when I was at KFAN Radio back in the day that uh, well you got to go work for a newspaper you're not gonna be able to you know you can't go straight to the to the Boston Globe you got to go work for you know whatever newspaper so I went to the Eau Claire Leader Telegram in western Wisconsin, covering 70 high schools and some Division three sports. And like one of the big beats was Northwoods League Baseball, the Eau Claire Express. So my second year there, I got moved up there because two other people left because, you know, you're, you're not making, you know, I, I love the LT, but you're not making big cash there. So everybody was constantly moving. So I was already the sports editor after like 10 months at the uh, Eau Claire Leader Telegram. So I put myself on the Eau Claire Express beat and I covered that like it was an NFL beat. 
mean, I covered it full on, like every player, try to break all the transactions, everything. And I happened, I got to know the commissioner of the league and other league executives. And I ended up breaking news that Green Bay was getting an expansion team, the Green Bay Bullfrogs. That's the story that got me on the radar. No NFL stuff. It was breaking the Green Bay Bullfrog story that got me on the radar. They had an opening, uh, and I ended up getting an interview there and went and got the job as the Green Bay Press Gazette's assistant sports editor when I was 26 years old. And that was one of you know one of many things that like you would never think why that story, but that was the story. Nothing to do with the NFL. That certainly helped that I had that in my background. But it was Green Bay Bullfrogs. Uh, that's what moved me up. I mean, breaking news. That's one thing that still, you know, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like live sports where, you know, as much as the media landscape is shifting, what's the one thing people still tune into and actually will watch the commercials and will sit through three hours without moving and actually watch the whole thing. It's live sports. Breaking news is kind of the same thing. It doesn't matter what the platform is. Twitter didn't exist until, or at least for me until like 2009, but you were still trying to break news all the time. And 10 years from now, when we are all on TikTok and Instagram or whatever the next platform is, you know, hopefully we're still doing TV at that point, too. But breaking news is still going to be, um, you know, a big part of it. And so being in that mix and, and you know, talking about the important stories that people care about, that's always a, a huge part uh, of what I've done, you know, my entire career. Love Green Bay Bullfrogs. I love minor league names. That's amazing. Um, and one of the things that you've broken a lot of news on, Tom, this offseason, really probably last offseason well, but I've noticed that this offseason is the COVID stuff. I, I, I don't know why or how, but anything operationally, anything related to COVID or rosters or anything, you've been on top of it. Not only are you on top of it, like you immediately like, post the memo and all of the information, which I don't know, maybe other people don't think is, is all that, but for me, I think it's really, really helpful, and I think it's going to make a difference in the outcome of some games this year. I don't think people are, are really talking about that enough. I guess the first question before I get into some of the, some of those is just how did you become kind of the the COVID and operations guy? I, I make it part of my job to understand. Yeah, all the all the operations memos, because there's a lot of things that go out, uh, changes to the roster rules, changes to the COVID rules. Um, you know, I've just kind of made it my business to try to obtain those memos uh, quickly. There there seems to be a theory uh, that people put into blog posts and tweet that, like, you know, I get the stuff directly from the league, which is not true. There's just people in the league who know I care. And so they give me the memos, you know, with, with teams, I mean, not, not from the league office, with teams who know that I, I want to dig into that stuff. And so they'll pass those things along. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've just kind of made that. It, COVID's been such a huge deal over the past year, um, you know, really kind of like the collective bargaining that, that happened right before it, where I tried to be on top of that every time. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be, you know, the, the big injury, the big contract extension, whatever, we can have a huge impact on fantasy, on the actual NFL games. Um, and, and you're right that, you know, the, the protocols this year could have a big impact as they did a year ago. I think that the one thing, you know, as we talk about the protocols here too, is understanding whatever we're saying now on August 19th may not be how things are come September 19th, October 19th, November 19th, because the Delta variant, other variants, are going to continue to impact things. You have CDC guidance. You have a variety of uh, different states, different localities, uh, different health organizations issuing different 
uh, directives. Uh, all teams are being able to make their own decisions based on that local guidance as they did a year ago with, you know, fans in the stands. As of now, all 32 teams can have full stadiums, but you've seen the Raiders uh, saying you must have a, a vaccination. We've seen the Saints saying it's got to be a vaccination or a negative COVID test. There's different masking rules uh, from team to team, whether you're indoors, whether you're outdoors. Uh, and those things could continue to change because, I mean, you look at the COVID numbers nationwide right now. And I remember uh, talking about this about a month ago because I was talking to doctors within the league who were, if not sounding the alarm, certainly raising the concerns of if you look at the numbers, even though they were still low, they're doubling on a daily basis. And I remember one doctor telling me we are going to have way higher numbers. This is telling me this probably two months ago. We have way higher numbers in September than we did at the peak last year, which sounded outlandish. But then you look at the numbers and we do. And that's the direction we're going. And the case numbers are going to uh, continue to rise. And so whether it's uh, nationally or whether it's uh, from a state level or the individual clubs, there's going to be shifting guidance. And so the, the protocols are going to evolve with that, and that is going to impact uh, availability of players, coaches, and others for games this season in a different way, but much like it did a year ago. All right, so there's two specific questions I have that even when I Googled it, even when I went back through your tweets, I couldn't find. The first one is, what is the difference in terms of how they're treated, how much time away that they can't play or practice, for vaccinated versus unvaccinated close contacts. Because I've heard some people say, if you're vaccinated, you're never considered a close contact. Is that true? Give me the breakdown for close contacts during the season, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Well, first of all, so there's a difference between close contact and high-risk close contact. And that is something that the NFL instituted after the Titans outbreak last October which was a way that if you were somebody who at the time it was defined as um, you know, within six feet or unmasked or in a poorly ventilated area, there were several boxes. And then if you checked more than one of them, then you could be considered a high risk close contact. So, yes, you cannot be considered a high risk close contact if you are fully vaccinated. If you are identified as a close contact, then you still don't have to isolate if you are fully vaccinated. You will be subject to testing for, I think it's eight days. Uh, so they'll you know, continue to monitor you, but you can continue to practice and play. You can be in the building. You don't have to do anything additional. As long as you're not feeling symptoms or you not, do not test positive, uh, you continue to operate normally. Whereas if you are a high-risk close contact who is unvaccinated, then you are forced to miss a minimum of five days. And same thing, if you test positive or if you exhibit symptoms, then you go into a different segment of the protocols. Even if you are a run-of-the-mill uh, close contact who is uh, unvaccinated, you still have to isolate at least for the first couple of tests. So, you know, a lot of those, like, they're going to err on the side of caution and they're going to rule them high-risk close contacts. You're going to end up on the COVID list if you are not fully vaccinated. Uh, remember, we're talking about a very small percentage of the NFL. And I know that people keep saying, well, when the cuts happen, the vaccination percentages are going to go down. Yes and no. They are going to go down because a lot of the players who are currently unvaccinated are going to make rosters. But you're going to then bring back a whole bunch of them on the practice squad. So, yes, you cut from 90 to 53 ultimately. But then you go back to 69 because we have uh, expanded practice squads. So you're really only talking about 
doing the math in my head, 600 individuals that will no longer be part of teams, you're still going to have 2,400 players or so. And we know based on the percentages that there are around 200 or fewer players as of now uh, who are not fully vaccinated. The thing is, some of those are really important players. Some of them are quarterbacks, uh, as we know from, you know, just based on watching who's wearing a mask and who's not, based on who's going on the, the close contact protocol, based on, you know, who's talking about building plexiglass around their desk in the in the meeting room. Uh, there are some players who, who it's documented. And so, you know, yeah, you're, you're running a, a certain level of risk, if not medically, uh, certainly competitively, if you're not uh, fully vaccinated. And that's what the NFL and the NFLPA decided very early on they were going to do, which was rather than having a mandate, they were going to attempt to educate and incentivize. Uh, ultimately, they also got to the point of threatening punitive um, you know, issues in terms of from a league level to the clubs, forfeits, guys not getting paid and all those other things that come with it. So basically, the net net is if you're vaccinated, as long as you don't test positive, you're not missing anything. Correct. If you're unvaccinated, even if you don't test positive, you're missing five days if you're a close contact and you can miss a game as a result. As um, of today. Now, again, we're still in the preseason and training camp protocols. You can expect that there's going to be an additional memo probably in the next two weeks or so that lay out what the regular season protocols are going to be. There's a possibility because vaccinated individuals are only being tested every two weeks right now, that those could be more frequent tests, uh, that there could be changes to the high risk close contact protocol. But it's also it's hard to simply reinstitute all this stuff right now because so many players who may have been on the fence got vaccinated in large part because they were told your life can go back to normal. Well, now to come back to them, to come back to, you know, the players union, which is pushing for more frequent testing, um, you know, but to say now, uh, actually, forget it. You're going to be just like the unvaccinated individuals. There'd be a lot of people that would be upset. You've already seen some players voice some of that frustration uh, on Twitter. And so it's a, it's a delicate balance. But the one thing that the NFL has done all along is, you know, try to follow the science of it, to work in coordination with the CDC, to observe other pro sports leagues and see how they operated. The NFL was the only sports league in America that played every game that was scheduled last year, even though they did have to adjust some things. They were the only league that paid all their players in full in the 2020 season. You're feeling some of the ramifications of that with the salary cap being down here now uh, in 2021. But the point is they had a pretty good plan for what they did last year, and they were nimble, and they did adjust. And when things – you know, we were in week four, week five, Ross, last year, and it's – People thought like this thing might all fold on itself when you had the the Titans outbreak and then you had some other clubs with issues. And then, you know, they kept moving things around. They pushed things back. A lot of people questioned it, but they were able to, you know, get things uh, settled. And with all the other things that they do from a medical standpoint, including the uh, outsourcing, the genomic sequencing to actually figure out how things are spreading, if they are spreading within a facility, uh, they were doing really valuable research that, uh, you know, the CDC and other bodies have actually leaned on. And this year will be another um, really important case of that, because remember, you have a fully vaccinated population that's asymptomatic, that's being tested regularly for monitoring purposes. That's not happening virtually anywhere else uh, in America right now. So a couple thousand people that every two weeks are getting that uh, getting that covid test. That's kind of a big deal to figuring out how fully vaccinated individuals um, spread the virus if they spread the virus and, um, you know, be able to follow some of that and maybe provide some insight. Last question, Tom, what's the difference for vaccinated versus unvaccinated when you have a positive test? 
right now as it stands? So for vaccinated individuals, you have to, if you are asymptomatic, you can return after two negative tests at least 24 hours apart. If you are fully vaccinated, asymptomatic, test positive, if you get two negative tests 24 hours apart, you can return. Uh, medically speaking, it's unlikely that you're going to do that in like a day because uh, you're going to, after you initially have a positive test, they still go through that confirmation thing. They rerun the original sample. They have you take an additional test. All those things still exist. So we're not talking false positives here. We're talking about real confirmed positives. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to say Frank Reich got back in like eight days from his. So it is possible to kind of push the end of that normal timetable, whereas for uh, individuals who are not fully vaccinated, even if they are asymptomatic, you are out for a minimum of 10 days. And then, you know, even if, when you get to the end of that 10 days, there's the cardiac screening uh, for certain individuals uh, and other things that can extend that timeline. So right now, if you put this in, in game week terms on a Monday, a player tests positive. If they are fully vaccinated, there is at least a chance that they can make it back for Sunday. If it's an unvaccinated individual, they're missing one game and potentially multiple games uh, based on that positive. Wow, Tom, terrific stuff. Really appreciate it. Check him out on social media, at Tom Pelissero. That's what I wanted to nail down because I think it's going to happen. And I think we need to know what the deal is when it does happen. And man, oh man, if it's just a close contact, like a guy like Cousins was in camp, and he misses a game because he's not vaccinated, even though he's not even positive. Whew. I can't or imagine whole, or your whole quarterback talk radio is going to be like. What's that? Or your, or potentially almost your whole quarterback room because I was covering that practice that night, and it was Jake Browning, the only quarterback taking you know 50, 50 snaps in team drills that night. Crazy. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, Russ. Very important that we have a good handle on that. By the way, I love stories like Tom Pelissero. I am not aware of a guy in the media that doesn't have a story like that, with the exception of, like, the former players that just get hired right away. If you're one of these other guys in the media, man, they earned it. I mean, they, they earned it uh, the hard way, making very little money, if any, for long hours. Love stories like that. And I, I just wanted to know what the deal was. Although, listening to Tom, sounds like some of these protocols might change for the regular season. So that will be something to watch. Something to not watch but actually do is going to Fantrax.com slash Ross. I am going to start to announce the season-long Fantasy League contestants against me and Joe. I love fantasy football, especially when I'm going against listeners, and I love dominating each and every one of you. You think you're better than me? Fantrax.com slash Ross. Love the customization. I don't even know how many I'll have in the league. Because with Fantrax.com slash Ross, I can have as many as I want in the league. I can also get rid of kickers. I can get rid of defense. It's amazing. Plus, what I think is crazy is if you win, if you bring over one of your leagues from one of the other platforms, you guys could win the chance to go to whatever game you want this season and get six grand with it. Are you kidding me? You could win three ways. You could win the chance to go against me. You could win Devontae Adams' jersey. You could win this guy's trip. Amazing. Fantrax.com slash Ross. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Ross. Tux Takes.
Morning, Ross. We will start today with a major injury for the New York Jets. Free agent signee Carl Lawson. Torn Achilles. He's out the entire season. Yeah, this stinks. I mean, this is this is the worst part of training camp. This is the worst part of leading up to the NFL season. Carl Lawson was a guy that was evidently tearing it up in training camp. The Jets spent a lot of money to bring him over from the Cincinnati Bengals. They were counting on him. They needed him to be a reliable pass rusher. It's a very, very tough defense to play if you don't have guys that can get to the quarterback. They reportedly are now looking into guys they could potentially trade for. So that's what they're looking for, according to multiple reports. But Lawson, I don't know, what was like $18 million a year? A lot of money for Carl Lawson. And unfortunately for the Jets, he won't play for them this year. And let's just hope he gets back and recovers and can be productive for him next year because he's got a kind of a significant injury history. But that's certainly one of the most notable injuries to this point. Tux takes. Some of the other injuries include Falcons quarterback A.J. McCarron tearing his ACL, Browns linebacker Jacob Phillips torn bicep tendon, Bengals defensive end Joseph Osai needing meniscus surgery, and Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts returning to practice last night after missing Thursday night's game with a stomach bug. So the Falcons need a new quarterback because A.J. was their backup, and then they've got Felipe Franks. The Florida transfer went to Arkansas. They need they'll bring somebody else in to be the backup for Matt Ryan, I would imagine. And Felipe Franks feels like a practice squad guy to me, unless they like him enough to keep him as the third guy on the roster. I watched the Browns yesterday against the Giants. First of all, Joe Thomas did a phenomenal job as the analyst in that game. He is excellent. And secondly, Browns are really good and have a lot of depth. So that's a loss for them, but they've got the depth to sustain it. As for Joseph Osai, he's a rookie out of Texas that evidently was getting off to a really fast start. And this meniscus surgery, I believe, is going to knock him out for the entire season, which really, really stinks because, you know, Bengals need good young players. As for Jalen Hurts, Glad to see he got back to practice last night. That was a major bummer Thursday night. I mean, I'm calling the Eagles game that I know a lot of you watched. And we start the game and out comes Joe Flacco. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Because they wanted to play Jalen Hurts. But evidently, he had some sort of stomach bug and went to the hospital that night. And they elected to exercise caution. Uh, Anyway. I was hoping to watch him play a couple series because he had played pretty darn well in that first preseason game against the Steelers. Tux takes. Evidently, the reason for the Raiders executives leaving the team recently, we talked about that a few weeks ago, some financial irregularities that may cost that team a significant tax bill. Right. Doesn't sound good, Bri. I don't know any of the details or particulars which is probably the same thing as details, really redundant, unnecessary by me, something that I'm trying to eliminate. But of course, if I was trying to eliminate that, I wouldn't have done two more sentences talking about trying to eliminate 
unnecessary comments. At any rate, this makes sense now. Why these guys, you know, built this stadium and now now all of a sudden they're all out of there. I'm sure Andrew Brandt is on the case, our Andrew Brandt, and I'm sure more details will emerge shortly. Tuck Stakes. On to the COVID front, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel has tested positive. Well, obviously, we just talked about, you know, all the protocols with Tom Pelissero. I don't know. I didn't see whether or not Mike Vrabel's vaccinated or not. I would imagine he is. So then he's in the Frank Reich, you know, two negative tests within 24 hours of each other situation. Um, but that is something like, I, I don't know. I'll be curious to hear what Steve Fezzik says on tomorrow's Even Money podcast as to whether or not that makes a difference for him in betting the Titans preseason game this week. You know, Steve always says he makes a lot of money betting these games. Now, obviously, it's not good for the Titans, but how much of a difference does it make? And if you're looking for data on that kind of stuff, PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all for free, visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tuck Stakes. And lastly, your thoughts on the preseason week two action so far. Right. I think we got one more game tonight. Jags somebody. I don't even know. Uh, Jags are playing somebody. That's all I know because I know it's little Trevor Lawrence time tonight on Monday Night Football. Looking forward to it. Um, and I think that's the last game. I think there's one more. And then we'll have, you know, week three of the preseason next week, which is going to be fascinating because some teams are using it as the old week three to play their starters. I think other teams might not play any of their starters. I can't wait to just kind of see that that part of it unfold. I guess my takeaways were I hope he plays Friday night, Bri, because Zach Wilson from the Jets – Looking pretty darn smooth, man. I mean, he's looking good. He's looking comfortable, really good. Uh, obviously, I thought Mac Jones did some positive things for the Patriots. Justin Fields almost got his head taken off. The Bears' offensive line is very disappointing, very. I still, as I tweeted the other day, I don't know why they cut Charles Leno. That doesn't make any sense to me. He wasn't even making that much money relatively speaking. And then, I guess lastly, Trey Lance, I feel like Greg's breakdown of Trey Lance last Thursday was on point, that he is a little up and down. little up and down so far for Trey Lance. He had some real negatives, some real positives in that last game, which is probably the way most young players, young quarterbacks certainly are going to be. We have some shout outs in order because that's what we do for all of our I think we're done here members of patreon.com slash RT Media, like Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, 
Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, and of course, SteakhouseSports.com. Beyond fired up for the College Draft Podcast this morning, we've got games. Four or five actual games that count and everything in college football next Saturday. Amazing. Let's do this. Get fired up for college football. Remember, College Draft Podcast, three podcasts in one. It's an NFL Draft Podcast, best prospects in the biggest games. It's a college football podcast. We talk about the games. It's a college football betting podcast. Emory makes picks against the spread. You got to love it. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 